0: Thank you to everyone that has tuned in thus far and has helped make 52 Weeks of Hustle such a success. I've had such a great time sitting down with industry leaders. Thank you to the leaders and for all the listeners and your continued support. I'm excited to have joined General Sports Worldwide, where Lou DePauly and I will be focusing on executive search and team consulting. Our services will range from recruiting, onboarding, training, development, business planning, consulting, and much more. We're really looking to be a full service agency for our clients to assist them in their return on investment and return on energy. Please let me know if you have any interest. In addition, thank you for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales, a playbook to be an elite in the sports business industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audio versions. Be sure to check out 52weeksofhustle.com as well as to follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. Imagine growing up with your dad and uncle as Major League Baseball players, plus one of your best friends as a team owner. Odds are you're going to be around sports your whole life and will continue that as a career journey. Our next guest had all that happen as I'm excited to have Doug Holtzman, Vice President of Business Development for Sports Digita. Doug, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on it.
0: Doug, certainly excited to walk through your journey, both on the team and vendor side. But let's kick it off from the start. You grow up in St. Louis with a family of baseball players, including your uncle, Ken, who won three World Series, pitched two no hitters. So how was it growing up with just sports ingrained in your everyday
1: life? You know, I I definitely had a different perspective than than the average person. Um, Some of the coolest times I had was actually when our families would all get together and Literally around the kitchen table, I would hear my dad, who, who played within the Cardinals organization, and my uncle and my, my grandpa talk, or, or should I say, scream <laughs> about sports and especially baseball. But that's where that's where I really started learning the game, right? Because they were they were they were the the, the analysts before there was real analysts out there. Um, but also then, when I was playing sports, everything changed as well. You know, today I actually I coach my girls and 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 but it's funny like so. My my one that plays softball, like I'll, I'll hear a parent yell like, "Hey, you got to put your your elbow up when you're batting," and I'm like, just, oh my god!" Like you know, <laughs> I, I'm just yep. do I tell them? So with me, when I would hear things from my grandpa or my dad or my uncle, they knew what the heck they were talking about. Yeah. So it, so the hard part was is that I'd have a coach or a manager trying to tell me to do something. And then I'd be like, okay, I may have to ask my dad if that's correct or not. Yeah, <laughs> you right. You gotta get a little different perspective on that, or the right perspective on the it. right but, one. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, but but I honestly I, I really enjoyed it. And it's you know, not many people have that advantage right. in sports, right? And in, and yep. in, in, in background sports that, that I was able to have.
0: So well, I that, took advantage
1: of it for sure. And
0: and baseball continued to be, you know, throughout your life, you end up going to play baseball at the University of Kansas, you're studying business administration. But then an injury kind of leads you down a separate path. So walk us through that time of your life.
1: Yeah, so, so I tried to go to Kansas to play baseball, and I, I had a bum arm. The, the, the problem with me is when I was growing up, I, I actually loved playing basketball more than I loved playing baseball. So, you know, and I played AAU ball all the way up from the through to the end of high school. And so when you go right from basketball season to baseball season, if you're not preparing correctly, you're going to hurt your arm. And I did it every single year. So I knew at Kansas, even if I was to join and and go forward, I probably had at best minor league ability and that's it. And knowing for my dad who made top 600 hours a month in the minor leagues, you know, when he played, that's not, that's not a living. So I knew that was kind of that force is like, okay, that's a pipe freaking dream. So what I need to do, right. Is I know I want to work in sports, but you don't have to play it. You could work on the other side. And I started building my resume literally when I was probably 18 years old, yep. And then started building that throughout college, so it mm-hmm. kind of changed my path. So it started taking doing internships, the right internships, right. you know, meeting the right people, uh, creating that circle, right? So it which got bigger and bigger and b- bigger. So again, that was probably the, one of the best things that's ever happened. Is yeah. not playing,
0: got out in front of me. no, absolutely. And so post undergrad, you go on to Northern Illinois University for sports management. Kind of thinking you're going to be the next Jerry Maguire, you know, and a former mm-hmm. guest of a 52 Weeks Hustle, Lee Steinberg. While in college, you worked for CAA and then you get a role with the Rockford Lightning of the CBA. And so as you think back to that time, what were some key learnings early on in an environment like that?
1: No, well, it's funny because when I joined the CBA, they had a new owner. This little guy named Isaiah Thomas came on board. I've heard So, of him. So, so the legend. <laughs> and the, the funny thing about me is I grew up a big Boston Celtics fan, so I could I couldn't stand them.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I said. Like, didn't like man, the bad this is, boys.
1: It's the bad boys. I couldn't stand them. But the first time I, I met him, he's a Chicago guy, and when he learned my last name, he goes. Is Ken your dad or your uncle? I was like, my uncle. And he told me this huge story and he was one of his favorite players. So I instantly liked him right after yep, that. Yep. Even though I, I hated him for who he played for right there. But, but yeah, the um, family ties. For for sure, for sure. But you know, working especially in the CBA and you know, that's minor league sports. And, you know, this is where I learned about discipline, about hard work, about being able to do 10 jobs at once. And, and really listening to people, you know, and, and in the sales aspect is giving people what they want. You know, I started thinking about return on investment. Yep. So in minor league sports, you know, at that time, let's say $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 was a lot of money for these companies. And if it didn't work for them, like they took it personal. So I had to, you know, help them achieve their goals and then some. So I started thinking about that at an early age, which was kind of cool to do. And I started selling and I, and I enjoyed it yeah. right and that's which, which was pretty good. Not everybody enjoys selling right but I enjoyed it because I loved it. I love basketball. I love baseball. I love you know all, all the sports right here. I grew up that I was a part of that. So I started selling right here because if it was important to me, I know I could sell it to you in a good
0: way. Yep. You know, and to your point, like a lot of our guests here on 52 Weeks also have have either worked or still work in the minor leagues. And it's like one day you're pulling tarp, you're selling sponsorship, you're in a community, you might be a mascot. And, and, you know, it's great learning experience no matter what you do. And, you know, then you get in and you've always spent your time in the corporate world and sponsorship sales. And your first professional (laughs) sports team was with the New Orleans Saints, where you spent four and a half years and, You had some pretty cool experiences. You were a part of selling the Super Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the BCS National Championship, Final Four, many concerts, and and obviously the Saints. How was that
1: overall experience for you? You know, working in the NFL helped catapult my career. So when I was hired by them, I was actually the youngest sponsorship salesperson in all the NFL. So being the youngest, I had a lot to prove. And I was fortunate to learn from, from guys there like Arnie Fielko, Mike Fader, and even the, the, the great, even though I was in ticket sales, Mike Stanfield. So everyone yep. knows Stanfield, right? But, but got to see different perspectives and what was working for people, what wasn't working for people. And I started thinking of things now, not only at a local level, but a regional level and a national level and international level because of all these events that, the, that were hosted in the Superdome. So, you know, I would go to companies as everybody else, really, my department was thinking, oh, I'm going to go to these local, 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 local. I'm thinking national, 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 yep. because I knew what people were spending for a 30-second spot on the Super Bowl. Well, I could get them in for a fraction of the price with us, and they'll get the Super Bowl. They'll get the Sugar Bowl. They'll get the BCS championship game at the time. They'll get the Final Four. They'll get, and by the way, the bonus they get. Eight or 10 home games for the yeah, season, yeah. right? And By the so, way, yeah, you so still have an cool NFL product. There. 100%. So I thought about it 100% different than everybody else did. And it was it was pretty successful. But I mean, you know, not every team can do that. But when you work for a team like New Orleans, or if you're in LA that hosts big events, or or it's, you know, in Florida, they always do, or, or other cities like that, you're able to do that. And I think that doing that, again, changed my entire career.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you know, and then after four and a half years with the Saints, you know, baseball came back calling. And you know, you go on to MLB with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. You were there for the transition to them just becoming the Tampa Bay Rays. So, was it always a dream for you to get back into baseball, just based on you know your family and your family history? You
1: no, know, I always figured I would end up in baseball. Um, it's it's in my blood. You know, the weird part is though how I got there, because <laughs> the irony is, is I, I was there you know, four and a half seasons with, with the saints and actually the Thursday before hurricane Katrina, um, I went and flew down to, to Tampa to, to interview with them and told them no for 24 hours straight, I'm like, no, 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 don't want to do it. And when I flew back the, the next day was, was a Friday and there was a preseason football game and Saturday I evacuated <laughs> right there for hurricane Katrina. Right, yeah. So Monday I called them back and I said, All right. Turned you down. Well, it's just. Let's talk more right here. I think, I think I'm interested. So, you know, but working in baseball, I knew I was like, okay, this is it. Right. Because I'm selling the love of the game. You know, I didn't realize how the Holtzman name in a lot of these companies that I would sell to um, would, would come up a lot and people would tell stories about this. And so it it, honestly was, it was pretty cool at the end of the day, but we also had a great staff there and people that have gone on to great things. So we have like Tom Hoof, who's now with the you know Ottawa Senators. You had Kerry Cox, who just joined the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Brian Killensworth, who's with the Vegas Golden Knights, and Richie Herrera at Arizona, and Clark Beacom at Austin FC, and David Baggs, one of my all-time favorites at, at, at the Red Sox. And I mean, think about all these people are there, right, right, for this team that was the Devil Rays that turned them into the Rays, the rage, and all yeah. of a sudden they became kind of successful overnight. On the field, and then we did as much as we could off the field as, right. as well. Yeah. So it, it was a pretty good time. You know, people have always asked me though, would you prefer working for the Chicago Cubs uh, because you're a Cub fan, your your uncle, everything like that? And I've always said, no, I I don't want to know they're ugly. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there, there, there's two
1: teams on earth I don't want to know they're ugly You've for. Become, Chicago yeah, you Cubs know the inner Yeah. Yep. Don't want
0: to
1: know. Don't want to know their crap. You know. Yep. uh, So so again, this was a perfect thing for us. But when I was there, I got to a point where we topped out. Um, yep. We probably weren't going to get any higher. I knew that there wasn't going to be a new stadium. That's a pipe dream. Right. And that was years away. So I kind of topped out and then found that next stage yep. that would kind of take my career and bring it to another level. Yeah. I've always looked at that as, Think about where you are today and how do you get to that next level? Right. And that's what's what that, I was able
0: to do. What's that growth opportunity and potential. And to your point, you, you spent time in the NFL, then MLB. And so after three years with the Rays, you then transition to the next professional sports league with the NBA, with the Houston Rockets. And you got there kind of at the end of the Yao Ming era, but then you help with that new wave of, of kind of in inside China and, and gaining partnerships with that. So as you think back, if your time in NFL MLB, then the NBA, what are some of the, you know, top similarities and some differences from selling
1: partnerships in the in variety of leagues? You know, I think break it down first, let's look at baseball. So baseball is the long game, you know, and, and I look at is, is how many times you could hit someone. They've got 162 opportunities to hit people throughout the year. It's a lot, but that's also a kind of a spring summer going into fall by right there. Yep. Where, when you're in, so, but lots and lots of eyeballs, lots and lots of opportunities.
0: Yeah. Focus a lot football, on impressions.
1: 100%. Now football, they're always say we're the best, we're the top and they take the less is more approach. So it's very exclusive. You know, you're the blank official blank of the Atlanta Falcons. And there's only very few of those that have that opportunity to say that. And that's obviously going into that fall, winter, you know, uh, as well. And then you've got the NBA where every game is an event. It's almost like there's a basketball game as well with all this stuff that's going around. But you also now have that arena that, yes, you've got a basketball game, but that next night you've got a country concert. And the next night you've got, you know, Paul Anka from the 1950s, you know, like that. So you've got so many different demos that are in there and so many different times throughout the year. And it's really a, you know, a, 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 a year long sell that you're able to do. Yep. So they all have their, have their pluses and minuses, but you know, at the end of the day is it now is you just have to convince and, and tell advertisers, you know, why does, is, is being a major league baseball partner going to benefit them? Right. And, and that's what you had to think about for each, but you know, again, there there's pros and cons to everything, but you know, they all kind of look at those pros and say, this is why we are the best. And it's funny because and they all give information. and says this is why baseball is the best, and this is why NFL is the best, and this is why NBA is the best. And you're kind of looking at it like, whoa, it, that's interesting. <laughs> all, yeah, exactly. You're all talking about the same topic. You all say you're the best. So, yep, yep. But it's uh, but that's why we do it, right? Yep. And and at, at the end of the day, they're tr- they're this, you know, sports. Sports brings people together. Look yeah. at our freaking country, right? And everyone's you know like this with each other. But you you have a sports game and people come out and they're one. And that, that's what I've always loved about sports. It brings people together.
0: You know, and the common theme on this podcast has been, it's, it's control what you can control. It's all about mm-hmm. your experience, right? You're not going to be, you're not, you know, it's a little bit different for you to hear because you've been a part of where you had an uncle and a dad that played in majors. Like most people don't have that, right? Like you're not going to control mm-hmm. wins and losses, but you can control the overall experience and certainly control your effort and, and providing that value proposition.
2: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Doug Holtzman, Vice President of Business Development for Sports Digita, So Doug, after spending over eight years selling corporate sponsorships and professional sports, you then transitioned to the college world with Learfield IMG College. And first as a general manager of your alumni, Northern Illinois, then to Air Force, and then ultimately as the regional director. And so why was getting into the college sport world the right move for you?
1: Well, it's funny. I had no clue how college worked. I thought it was all sold by the school itself. Like, okay, University of Kansas, they sell their sponsorships. And a buddy of mine that, that works in college sports, I was having a conversation while I was in Houston, and he told me about this ISP Sports and what they did. And ISP Sports, which turned into IMG College, which turned into you know uh, WME and, and Learfield now and everything. Yep. And I was freaking blown away. I, I, first of all, I'm a college basketball junkie. Um, I chose university of Kansas by going to a basketball game (laughs) at halftime of the game. I'm like, this is where I will be for four years. So I I, love that for sure. So when I first heard about that, I literally, so normally in my my career, uh, people have called me like, Hey, are you interested in, you know, and moving on to this assist. And that's how my jobs have have kind of come along. I actually called Ben Sutton out of the blue and I got hold of his assistant. I'm like, you don't know who I am. So my name is Doug Holtzman. I'd love to talk to Ben because I think I can make him a buttload of money. I just heard about how you all work. And when I tell you, I'm going to make you guys money, this is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to get a conversation with them. And I didn't know if they were going to put them on. And next thing you know, I'm talking with him, you know, next thing you know, they fly me to to uh, Winston Salem and, and they hire me. Yep. So it, it was, it was pretty cool because I mean, think about it. as much as college sports is in football, you know, basketball actually has more assets when you talk about selling sponsorships at the end of the day. So I was looking at this, like, hold on a sec. You've got Syracuse. And then then they joined with, with IMG college. So you had all these colleges, universities that, that came together. And I'm thinking, hold on, you've got Syracuse, you've got Duke, you've got Kentucky, you've got Ohio state, Michigan, Texas, Kansas, of course, UCLA, Oregon, Gonzaga. Like that's a freaking national sale. So from Monday through Thursday, from about 6 p.m. Eastern to about 2 in the morning, you're on freaking ESPN, ESPN2, et cetera. Like, holy cow. And if I have those and I could put, let's just, let's just talk signage with that. And I could put signage up for there. Holy cow, that is a national sell. Right. right. Yeah. I loved it. And, and I came in and, and again, I, I, I had, a, had a pretty good uh, run there and, and, and really enjoyed selling. But there was also great people you know, guys, and, and they've gone on to great things, guys like Jim Woodrum, uh, Gerald Jones, AJ Michoski, uh Tracy White, Paul Phipps, etc. Like there were some great people. So not only was I kind of bringing that outside perspective, I was also learning from people that, that had sold college a lot, that had sold other things throughout my career. You know, you listen to Paul Phipps. I mean, you, just, you know, that's just, that's, that's going to church, listen to that guy. Right. And I was learning from these people as well. And that was fantastic right yep. there. And, and I, and, and again, I, I enjoy it because, again, this is what got me to University of Kansas.
0: Yeah. No, so absolutely. I
1: was selling that through there. So.
0: And it's the passion, it's right? Cool and so, so Doug, Appreciate. throughout your time in pro and then now college sponsorship, what were some key characteristics that just always stood out? You know, you've talked a lot about the people you surrounded yourself with, that you worked alongside and for and with. And what are those characteristics that stood out and just the most successful people, whether it was on the sales end or even on the brand end?
1: You know, well, first of all, it's, I always say this. I learned a lot what not to do. <laughs> the same thing as much, you know, it's because yep. I, you, you got to, in your career, you got to figure out what works for you, right? So a lot of times I figure out what I didn't want to do, right? And and, and and how I was going to do that. But here's some things that I, I saw that the key people do, right? Number one is leadership. That that changes everything for people. You've got to have strong leadership. So I look to guys like, let's look at IMG, right? with With, with Ben Sutton. You know, he was our fearless leader and he had, and I always say this, when you hear this term, like, would people run through a wall for people? Yep. Can I tell you something? hundred percent of the people would run through a wall for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's a leader right there. But having, having drive, you know, ha- working hard, you can't just expect that it's just going to come to you. So I've seen in my career, all these people that work there, you know, butts off and it pays off at the end of the day, you know, and, and then people that allow talent to develop. You know, it, it's not about me. It's about my team. It's about the team here, right? And you've got certain individuals that want to be all about themselves. That's fine, but to me, I've seen those successful ones say, "Hey, look, it's all about this team right here. Look what I'm developing." Yep. And it's almost like the, the coaching mentality. carousel. Yeah, it's great. And and people that look out for their team. I mean, that that's that's what I, that's what I've seen that has been successful throughout the years, and that's helped dictate where I've gone in in, in my lifetime.
0: No, absolutely. And you're know, talking about, you know, kind of your career, Doug, you know, after you're on the sales side, you sold over $100 million in sponsorships, and you decided to take that plunge to the vendor side of the business. And first it was with Media Brokers International. And now you're being on the selling side for so long. I'm sure that kind of gave you a little bit of a leg up. As you got into the media planning and buying side of the business that you were so accustomed to. So how was that experience for you?
1: Well, you know, I loved it and I did it for many reasons. So, you know, they, they were one of the top 10 advertising agencies in America and they brought me in to run their sports division because they knew how to buy everything on earth. So they knew how to buy radio and TV and digital outdoor, et cetera. But they didn't know how to buy sponsorships because as we all know, there's nothing universally accepted. You, you don't just plug in a number like, oh, okay, it's worth this because that's, you know, it's, it's worth the piece of paper that it's on at the end of the day. So the funny thing when I go there is, now all of a sudden I'm everybody's best friend, you know, so everybody and their mother was calling me like, Oh, Hey Doug, you haven't talked in a while, you know, and, and I, I kind of laugh. Right. But, um, but what was cool there is that I got to actually learn about how I was selling in my career because I saw, I was getting a hundred decks a day, literally, yeah. so if, you know, start doing the math of how I'm getting, and I'm getting sold by, by everybody. And I was seeing like, hold on, that works. This definitely doesn't work. That, right. that definitely doesn't work, etc. And I was thinking about how I was selling my career. Yeah, you're getting like a master's
0: like, degree on both sides of it at that point.
1: 100%, 100%. And it was, it was, it was fun in, in that aspect. And the funny thing is, is I was in and work translate to where I'm today, which we'll talk about later, but I started noticing a lot like mistakes that people had send me, you know, let's say a deck and, and, and it was supposed to have company X in it, but they left company Y in it. And, you know, now I know what people would do to me, right. When I would do that to them by accident, it's not like, Hey, I did that. You know, I really maliciously. No, I did. You know, they, they made a mistake. It happens, but I know why you would get the thanks, but no thanks letter from people. And I started telling people the same thing that people would tell me at the agency level is, Hey, Doug, you've got to tell a story. And one day, literally, I got hit up by the Yankees. And this deck blew me away. Like so much so, like I kept on looking. I'm a half empty type guy. In sales, you have to be. Yep. And I kept on looking at this. And I looked at it from my cell phone. It looked awesome. My, my iPad looked awesome. My computer looked awesome. And you shouldn't do this. But I, I forwarded it on to all my friends at Teams. I'm like, hey, I've seen your crap that you sent to me. This is what you need to do. You need to either call the Yankees and cons- and have them consult for you. Or you need to figure out who that person was who did their deck and overpay and bring them to your team. Because what you're doing sucks. What they're doing is the best I've ever seen. And yep. by the way, I just bought from them, by the way. And I right. didn't buy from you. I mean, t- yeah. so think about that, right? And little, then people started shooting back to me. Hey, by the way, this is Sports Digital. And that was the first time I kind of, I never, I was so busy in my career and I I didn't even give them the time of day. I wish I would have, because I think that hundred million dollars would have been $200 million on on that one. And I literally went home to my wife that day. I'm like, Hey, I'm not going anywhere, but eventually I'm gonna go work for this company. And I'm going to like, I just looked them up again. I'm like, I really didn't know that too much about them, but I knew it was Angelina a lot. And I was like, I'm going to go work for this woman. She is this is, this is
2: fantastic.
1: Yeah. And ironic, you know, a couple right. of years later, that's where, that's how I ended up.
0: So. As I just say there's a stop in between, but you end up getting to sports digital, which we'll certainly talk about, but you know, after sure. a few years there at Media Brokers International, you go on to become the CEO of On Track Sports and Entertainment. And it was, it was an app that was a holistic one-stop solution for fans attending any game and event. And the backend analysis of the app was a very good reporting tool that assisted teams and sponsors, which, you know, the, 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 value of data is so important now. And even a lot of the advisory board members there on, on track were former professional athletes with the likes of Fred McGriff, Kajana Carter, and more. And so what were some key learnings that you took, you know, from that experience?
1: Like, I always tell this to Angelina, when I talk to her day, I'm like, I respect the heck out of you as a CEO. So Uh, I didn't, you know, that, that, that really changed my career at the end of the day. Right. So um, I've always looked at something more like not in sales, but, but from my team perspective was more like this Yep. because I knew I had had to bring sponsorships. Yeah. And this, all of a sudden you had to look at the whole kit and caboodle. So all of a sudden, you know, and what I didn't know was you got to raise money. So you know, and, and so what first thing I did was put together that advisory board that had, you know, had, had the crime dog on it at Kajan, et cetera. You know, these people helped, um, you know, these are longtime friends of mine, um, that could validate not only a long time of, of knowing what I do, but also can validate me as a person. Right. And, and that as well. And it, it kind of gets you into to some doors and has some good talking points when you're going after, when you're going after investment and people giving you money. And, um, I I loved it there, but then I realized like, you know, I had to raise millions and millions of dollars and that's not selling. I started missing selling because when you're raising money, it's great. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, now you have to worry more about the people that invested with you than your team itself. And I'm a team person and it really hurt right here you know, me at the end of the day. And I, and I miss selling. I miss, I, I literally miss selling for that. So did I learn more than I've ever learned in my life? 100%. And it makes me think today about how I think about our business where I'm at today, because I learned so many things that I would never have dreamed of learning. Never even thought about. And um, it's funny, all the stuff in when I was a business undergrad that you're taking these classes on also, I'm like, okay, now I know what the hell they were talking about back then. Right. I wish I would have paid a little bit more attention, but, but that's, it's, it's, it was great. It, it was a, uh, I learned everything. But then for me, it was like, okay, I need to get back to my love, right? And yep. it's helping people and, and selling at the end of the day. And that's what I was able to do.
0: No, that's awesome. You previously mentioned you came across, you know, this deck that was just amazing. You know, no-brainer. You told your wife, I'm going to go work for them. So about four years ago, you move over to Sports Digital where you're at today. And Sports Digital, again, is an interactive sports agency that specializes in digital sponsorship, ticketing, and fan engagement products for the team. So what does a day-to-day look like for you?
1: I play a little golf. I I, yeah. I get my massage Sit on uh, the beach,
0: beach. Like, yeah, that's right. That's legs right. It's fine. Up, they always make
1: fun of me living the dream.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Living the dream for sure. No, I, I, I am. uh, I have tons and tons and tons of conversations uh, mixed in with a lot of demos, yep. Um, you know, with me and my career. So what this did was it changed. So now and what I was able to do and why I came here is Angelina gave me a great place to, you know, really work with the, the the relationships that I've had throughout the years and develop them. And, and, you know, it's much easier. So I'm talking to, I'm going to make Donnie Rovek, right? Donnie Baseball at the Atlanta Falcons, right? And I'm talking to him that he knows I've been in his shoes. So it kind of validates me, number one. So when he's talking to me about, you know, some of the things that they need to do, I'm able to say, hey, look, I, I know that. Here's how we can help and what it'll lead to right yep. there, which is great. So to me, it's not even work that I do. And I'm able to help one to all. So, so many different teams um, that, that I'm able to do. So, I, I love it. I, I kind of look, at the day flies by and I look up like, oh crap, it's, it's five o'clock. Like, where'd the day go? Um, and it doesn't even look like I'm working, but I am, right? And, right. And, and really enjoying it because I know I'm helping out somebody, right? And again, it's not about me. It's about helping them and helping them hit their their, their goals, right? And get their return on investment. Right. And I'm able to do that. And I've never been at a company that 100% I knew I could help people get the return on investment. And this is the first time I could.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you and I have talked about this in the past, and, and I'm sure you have. And I certainly have had a lot of conversations about like, wow, you, you went to the vendor side. What does that look like? like would you go back to the team side? What, you know, what is the opportunity? And so as you think about you know, over the last couple of years being on that vendor side, what do you enjoy most about it?
1: Again, it's, it's being able to help all right. And, and, and seeing it through, um, you know, I really enjoy that because I know again, the pain points that I had on the team side of the business, like I said, and I'm able to help that with people. And I love that. And it's funny. It's, it didn't matter that I sold for, you know, 20 years sponsorships and sold a hundred million dollars, but all of a sudden when you get on the vendor space, and especially if you're in the space where you're the category expert, people all of a sudden think like, holy cow, you know, what Doug says is gold. I'm like, I've been saying the same stuff for 20 years. You can listen to me for 19 of them, Right you know, now I'm here, but, but, but it's kind of cool. Right. But, but being that third party is people open up to you. Right. And, and you, and, and you value that, that, that friendship and relationships that you have. And again, and we come up with a way that's going to help them make their life easier. And that's what I'm able to do. And I, I love that on the vendor space. Yeah. that you really can't do working for the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Or the, or the Houston Rockets. You just can't do that as much, yeah. but you're able to do that here. No,
0: absolutely. And Doug, for those of you who follow on LinkedIn, you're certainly a good follow. You're, you're often posting great articles or job opportunities. And, you know, I know a lot of it is you love giving back to this industry. Why, and you've talked a lot about giving back and, and being around the right people. Why is that so important to you?
1: You know, so when I look at my career, and at the early part of my career, if you said who were like four people or five people that helped me along the way. So, and this is this is probably 22 years old and down was Steve Shanwald, you know, Mark Sauer, Ben Dogra, Jimmy Steiner, and then the late, great Marty Hendon, you know, with the Cardinals. And they literally helped. Take my career and look at it from a different perspective than let's say my mom and dad as I, as I always tell people, like your parents are never going to tell you when you're, you know, what stinks, yep. but your, your true mentors are going to take a look at things and look at the good side the bad side, the ugly side, and, and they're there to help you. Right. But they're going to tell you the truth. So, so many people have helped me along the way that way. So that was kind of, you know, number one with that. And then number two is it. So, you know, it was, it's kind of my turn to give back right? I, these people helped shape what I am today. Yep. And, 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 I've really enjoyed what they've done for me. So it's my turn to give back. But number two is especially when, you know, with, with COVID and you had all these layoffs, there was good people out there. And it saddens me because look, I have a wife, I have two kids. I can only imagine if I was cut tomorrow, how, how that could affect my life. Yep. So I want to get good people back to work, right? And whatever I can do to help. And I always say is you know your your true friends comes out when you no longer work for the company and who reaches out to you and who doesn't right so whatever I and I always say that, however I can help I will and 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 again it's it's maybe what those guys and you know kind of taught me or what my parents taught me from an early age right so it, but it's just my turn to give back.
0: That's awesome. No, and, and certainly appreciate it. And your Doug, you've certainly had a great career, ton of great experiences. We talked through. What would you say has been your best memory?
1: So it's, it, I'm, I'm going to be real on this one. Are you ready for this one? And it, it it involves me, you know, because the people that I've been involved with my career helping me with this was actually going to the World Series with, with the Cubs. I'm a lifelong Cub fan. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about three, four generations of the Holtzman's talking about, you know, this is going to be our year, right? And I finally saw it through.
0: Yeah. But
1: going through that in a fan perspective, again, I didn't want to know the ugly. I was right, dubbed yeah. the fan, this not, not Doug in sportsman. Oh, it was fantastic. And the, the irony of it is one of my mentors, Mike Fader. Um, I went to game three. That was the first game in Chicago with him and Mike brought his father who then, I think a week later turned 90 years old. So there's like three type generations there yep. and it was great. Right. And we're, and we literally were talking there and talking about the same things during the game as I did growing up, going to the games with my dad. And it was, it was just so cool to, to be involved in that. Um, so again, is I always say what it was the coolest thing? Yes, I, I was involved with one of the Super Bowls, which was awesome. The Super Bowl after 9-11. But the Cubs kind of made my whole career in life right there. It was kind of like, all right, I'm good. Yep. like this, this is what life I this is what I did. Life is life is freaking complete. So so I I I always I always go to the Cubs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, this has been great. Such a, a great journey on both the team and league and vendor side. And so Dakota close it out. I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? Let's let's do it. I'm ready for it. When you get a day off, what's the first thing you're doing
1: So if you would ask me this let's say nineteen years ago you know pre-wife pre-kids would have been a totally different answer right right right, right. <laughs> now now it's it's family stuff uh, yep. you know it's usually spent at the soccer field with our oldest uh, the softball field with our youngest or, or now the gym with, with both of them playing basketball so so it's being family it's you know having family there it, it is. So like brings your life to another meaning right there. Yeah. So when I get, you know, again, 20 years ago, we'd be, I'd be on the golf course, drinking right. a few uh, beers and having a good time, but now totally different. And I wouldn't have anything, wouldn't change, change it for
0: it. Nice. If you had a choice to have dinner with anyone, who would it be?
1: You know, I, I always get asked this question and, and I'm going to make two and I'll tell you why. Okay. I want, I want MJ and I want LeBron having dinner and I, and after a few drinks and them, I want to find out who's the best and let's break <laughs> it down. I think that would be fantastic. And be like, okay, this isn't going on Twitter. It's not going anywhere else. Like let's Let's just have a man to man.
0: Let's figure this out. Man
1: to man. Who's the best and why? Like, let's, you know, arguments, closing arguments, everything. Let's do it right there. I would, I would love to do it. I'm an MJ guy right there. So, but I would love to, I I would love to get those two in a room, you know, no, Uh, no cameras and say, let's go. I'd be a
0: waiter at that table. That'd be fun.
1: For sure. I don't know if you get a good tip, you know, one's not known (laughs) for tipping right there, (laughs) but But and I'm not referring to myself on that one. So, but what it's a, uh, no, that, I think that would be a fun conversation to have.
0: What's a, a fashion trend you would love to bring back?
1: Uh, parachute pants. Of course. I mean, nice. I, I, I rock the parachute pants. Love it. So uh, that, that really shows my age, but man, I could rock those pants.
0: Love it. Well, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day?
1: Three things. That's a great question. Uh, number one is set goals, but three different ways right? Short-term, mid-term and long-term goals. Um, Work your butt off. It's so competitive now. You've got to show why you're better than that next person. And yes, you're a team player, but you need to work your, you know, what off. Yep. And the other thing I think, and I wish I would have known this a long time ago, because it probably took me 10 years in to realize this is don't be afraid to get outside your comfort zone. You know, so many people are just like this, right? And they're, they're honed in on, I'm just in ticket sales. And when we go to the, you know, you, you do the, uh, the staff dinners before, before yep. the, the, the game and you see ticket people over here and you see marketing people over here and sponsor people over here. And God forbid you look at them or talk to them, whatever. Right. I was never like that, right? I finally learned, like, heck, I'm going to go sit with ticket sales guys, the marketing guys, uh, the baseball ops guys, whatever it was, right? Is it got outside my comfort zone because again, is why would you do that? you know um as far as we know you only live once but don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to again get outside your comfort zone
0: no absolutely i love it you know great advice setting goals you know you talk about work ethic i think you know it's the name of this podcast right it's all about hustle and effort and you've got to be willing to go out of your comfort zone in a little bit everything you do right whether it's you're, you're selling something you're in your leadership range like be uncomfortable and uh This is awesome. Doug, thank you so much. You certainly had a great career. Pleasure talking to you, and I really appreciate your time and expertise.
1: Thank you very much. I've I've had a great time today. Again, this
0: is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.